Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The March Ball. Hello there. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. They will give you 10% off your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan. Hiya. With me, Michael Normanton. Hello. And Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Let's get into it then. Not a great day at the office, that one, was it particularly? Bit of an end-of-season kind of crappy feeling to it. We never got going at all. Worst performance of the season? Crawley. Oh, yeah. That wasn't our proper team, though. Worst worst Premier League performance of the season? Possibly. Puts us up there with um, Liverpool, who lost to that lot, and um, Spurs as well. We drew with Chelsea the other week. It was. I think this establishes us as a very good team within the Premier League because Brighton, we're a scalp, uh, aren't we? We're a scalp, aren't we? Now? Well, the story of Brighton's season is that they've been terrible against the teams around them at the bottom and have played really well against the top teams. Taking four points off Liverpool this season, narrow defeat to Manchester City, drew with Chelsea with ten players, that kind of thing. Um, so that's that's how they're they're kind of a a barometer of of which teams are good and which teams are bad and because they beat us that means we're we're one of the better teams in the Premier League love it case, case closed your honour there we go bang your gavel um, what do you make of it then overall just a day where we didn't get going or I mean my fear going into this was that we'd get a day like today because it happens when we get our tails up we have a few good games against sort of the so-called bigger opposition but then we come up against against a team like that on a day like today where you know factor in Calvin being missing so the team's not quite where you want it to be and it doesn't take a lot to get us being slightly subpar on any given day and it just it just felt like that today to me and is that what what was at the root cause of it just that accumulation of a few things when I saw the team before kickoff I, I was fairly concerned I have to say I think I predicted a Leeds win before but when you see Calvin out of the team and that means that not only does he move it means Dallas moves and it's all the whole midfield is just it just changes shape a little bit and it means Click comes back in because Costa's out as well. The whole the whole shape of the team has to change and what has been working really well for us in recent weeks is Dallas in midfield. He's probably been our best player through this this run and that, that changed and it just never got going. I thought Cock was absolutely fine actually in Calvin's role. I thought he did some, some fairly nice things but I don't know. He didn't seem to have any attacking push to it. I do wonder about that. I'd have to watch lots of games back again or defer to someone who knows about these things because the heat maps only apply to touches. But I got the feeling with Robin Cock that he was playing a lot further forward, a lot more than Calvin Phillips does. He was ahead of the ball a lot of the time when we were attacking. And like, I just had the feeling I don't sort of have the kind of ambient 
idea that that's where I see Calvin a lot of the time is kind of buzzing around the edge of their penalty area when the ball is with, say, matches click behind him in midfield. It was all, that seemed, that was one difference. And then um, that's not to say Robin Cock was bad in the Calvin Phillips role. I think sometimes we look at it and because we call it the Calvin Phillips role, we forget that when a different player plays there, they bring different ideas to what they do in that position. Um, so I wonder if that's part of things. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, though, because when we employ this man-to-man marking system, and I think this might be what we call tactical discussion again, um, if Cock is following his man, they play a lot deeper than well, a lot of teams, it, don't It wasn't they? when he was following anybody. It's when we were attacking, so he's he's free, and he was just... But, I mean, if, if his man has dropped back, because if, if you notice what happened a lot was we'd see, like, eight or nine players sat on the edge of their box, which I believe the cool kids call the low block. So if he's followed his man up the field, even if he's not gone all the way with him, it does mean he's had a tendency to drift forward and leave that gap behind him. I don't know. I think the, the fact that they had so many players back as well is kind of um, may have tempted him forward, but I think also speaks to our problems as well when you had, um, you know, they were talking a lot on the television about Pat Bamford being kind of isolated and he was never isolated because he generally had three or four Brighton shirts around him. So he was never short of company in their penalty area. Um, but it was very difficult for us to get any lead shirts near him. I didn't notice that one during the game. But again, if we do go back and watch it again, which I've got no desire to do whatsoever, so probably won't. I'll just let that one uh, fly off into the ether. My takeaway from it was just we were just dead sloppy. We were careless in possession a lot of the time. Passes were either under hit or slightly behind a man or speculative just none of it seemed to work today all the little give and goes that we do really well they always seem to just be a little bit behind people so rather than Harrison continuing his run he had to stop and check back and then you lose all your momentum so you end up going back to the centre-backs and you're trying to get things moving again and it was yeah there was none of it there today I don't I can't I can't really blame anyone anyone in particular I mean mentioned Bamford he barely had a touch did he it felt like in that game and I'm not sure if that was his fault necessarily I mean, that, that's the thing with our system though isn't it if you um, if you only play the one man up front and depending on what you come up against you can often find him isolated yeah he didn't do anything wrong he just didn't get the ball much and certainly didn't get any chances at goal and I think it was hard to um, work out what was wrong with everybody sort of missing um, the marks by inches because it's not like anybody was you know probably Alioski apart. It's not like anybody was absolutely terrible. It was all those little minor passes not going through. And I, I wonder as well if that's to do with how many um, Brighton had back because sometimes we were missing the marks because wingers were trying to stay onside and it's different trying to stay onside when there's maybe two centre-backs or your full-back is the only player you, you're dealing with or the row of five or six that Brighton tended to, to have at the back. So the the kind of the confidence of I can move now and get onto a through ball goes a little bit because you think, well, I can move now. It's like, oh shit, one of those blue shirts has, has moved and there's seven of the buggers I'm having to keep an eye on. And so every, and by that point, you know, Ailing or whoever has tried to play it through to Harrison and, and they're just like, oh, well, we've fucked it. <laughs> well, it was one of those games where it got away from us early. They scored at a time that sort of defined the shape of the game, if you know what I mean. That penalty, soft as shit, wasn't it? But it probably was. Yeah, probably. Stupid thing to do. I mean, we saw in that game, let them shoot. They shit at it. It's, they've been shit at it all season. This is why they're, they are where they are. They're, I mean, they're a good side when you watch them, generally speaking. They're really well organised. They've got a few good players. 
in there, certainly enough that should be able to win them games. But they just can't score, and there were there were loads of chances. And in the end, it, I know they scored another late on, but it did take that for them to take the lead. And they were lucky with that as well because Melier was must have been within an inch of saving that. So yeah, frustrating. It's one of those. It's probably another one of those ones where it makes it easier to say goodbye to Alioski, doesn't it? I think over recent weeks he's been doing all right against big teams, and you start thinking, well, oh, maybe it's maybe he's worth keeping around for another couple of years. Then you get a, a game like this, and you think, oh, actually. And yeah. also, and I think it's, it probably says a lot as well that he's the person that Bielsa goes to to take off as well. That he thinks I can, I'd rather reshuffle and get him off the pitch and get some other people on. So it probably shows where he is in the packing order. Well, he, he clearly does trust him because he's he's more or less been a mainstay in his side one way or another for a few years. I think also he probably wants rid of him. Alioski's always been like that, kind of four good games, and then he just has one where he's a complete nightmare. So not learn anything. Knew about him on that score, I don't think. And Napoli, when they've uh, they've given us the ten million pounds <laughs> for no reason, for just him. out of kindness. I think it's Euros they're going to be paying in. Well, I think that's acceptable. We'll we'll take that. We should and, probably uh, agree that deal this week. I think maybe in the next couple of weeks. Anyway, yeah, nobody actually tell them about his contract situation. <laughs> um, although there did seem to be the argument from that that we give him the new contract so we can have a ten million pound transfer or ten million pound euro transfer it was they will they will pay whatever it takes no matter what's his contract situation so yeah get him tied down and get him sold yeah i'll i'll be sorry to see him go as long as he doesn't go to you know the club that we've mentioned many times before but that's a debate for a different day of all the players who are going to be sort of crawling on their hands and knees grabbing danny welbeck's thigh to give away a penalty he's he's the one who's going to do that. i know Llorente, um has his own different kinds of madness and i do wonder once the novelty of him shooting from the halfway line and um, Cruyff turning in our penalty area wears off a little bit if he might take up the Alioski oh, does he have to kind of roll um, Big shoes but, to fill Yes, but, but Just to finish what I was going to say is I'll be sorry to see him go because he was part of something special and he's clearly uh, as much as he's Something a, special Well yeah he's, he's, he is a mad bastard uh, and, but he's, he is part of you know the history the promotion and all the rest of it I'll be sorry to see him go from that point of view, but not because of his footballing abilities. I mean, Ben White is part of the history of promotion and I'd gladly like twist his little finger until he cried right now. Mm. Right and I, I didn't like the bit where we let him run the length of the pitch. Well, that's... At, le- at least he was embarrassed to do it, though. He, he didn't like, you know, swing his dick around afterwards. He just uh, sort of chuckled away when Ali- whatever it was that Alioski... The one on his forehead. Yeah, squeaked on hey. his ear. <laughs> squeaked on his ear, in his ear. That's one of... I mean, that's... Something Ben White will know from having played in our defence last season is that when everybody's marked up, if they have a, if the other team has a, a defender who can run forward, it's always a tactic. Is you know, but give, every, everyone's doing it against. Give us it this Harry season, Maguire yeah. and see if he can run up from the back, and then it's well, a well, bit different when Ben White just. I said shit houses like John Stones and Harry Maguire. Give it to them, let them run at us, but not Ben White. He seems like a nice kid. He's made some bad decisions. We need to get him back Seems. on this straight and narrow. Well, nah, yeah, it's fucking Poison, poisonous little toe rag. Let him go and play on that Brighton beach with no shoes or socks whatsoever. I did see him linked to um, Borussia Dortmund this summer. I'd enjoy it if he went there because I think it'll probably be good for his career. Um, and it would mean that one of the, the nasty bigger boys in England don't get their hands on him and then ruin his legacy completely. Legacy. He doesn't have a legacy. He's a 22-year-old boy with the with the... I don't like him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just going on to Urente actually and his uh, his madcap antics. Twenty seven minutes. 
Llorente taking on men in our area when he was two on one and he was the one against two Brighton players and he's doing Cruyff turns to turn out of there. It was one of those kind of suck in air through your teeth moments. Is that the one that ended in them crossing and missing the chance? I, was that a different one? I think no, that got, was later on. You're worked, thinking of when Melier kind of fed him a hospital pass and he tried to boot it clear. I think he worked it out of there, didn't he? He actually did all right with it, but it, you kind of go... His shot from the halfway line, though, about as near as we came in mm. that game, to be honest. I think there was him and Dallas put the one over the bar. Tyler Roberts twatted it at someone from about a yard away. After, To be fair, after they went one a lot, didn't you think we started to come into the ascendancy a little bit? We didn't create anything, though, did we? No. No actual chances. I've not, I've not looked it up, but I imagine our XG was about 0.3 or something on that game because there was there was really nothing at all. Did we have any us. shots? I'm just trying to think. We had um, Dallas had that volley, didn't he they? He just told you about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, ignorant that, swine. I mean that. Yeah, that was. About I know. It. Did. I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to think. Were there any others? Were there any direct shots on goal that forced the keeper to make a save? I don't. There weren't any particularly um, strenuous saves. I think he had to pick the ball up a couple of times. Big chances zero. Expected goals 0.64. Mm. Yeah, we were shit. We deserved to lose. Fair enough. But equally, it's hard to get too worked up, isn't it, at this stage of the season? Um, there is that end of season caveat you can apply to this game. I mean, everything's fine, isn't it? That's the thing. We're ninth. It's a good season. Yeah, I mean, just, it just feels a bit of a disappointment. I mean, to... Drury and McCoy were saying that on the commentary. It's like, it's been a good season. All right, they weren't at the races today, so you can't get too upset, can you? Not really. It is a bit annoying having beaten Scum, City, Liverpool on the bounce, um, as we did, to then go and kind of chuck a couple of goals in for Brighton, who can't score any, you know, on their own. Um, I would have liked to continue this unbeaten run just a little bit longer. You could handle it coming to an end at, at Spurs. Now they've got that fantastic new manager in. Um, but yeah, I suppose the only solution now is we go and beat Spurs. Do need to pick you up on your use of the term city. It has been flagged up that we, you know, we went to town on people calling Manchester United United and yet you're using the term city to describe Manchester City. Is that not one and the same thing? How many cities are in the Premier League? Um, All clubs called City, to be more precise. Well, Swansea. Stoke, Swansea, Cardiff. In the Premier League. Well. You're naming a bunch of teams that are not in the Premier League. Leicester. Well, there you it go. Feels like you're going, I apologise to the people of Leicester. It feels like you are going on the attack a little bit here to hide uh, a shortcoming. Well, the, the thing with Scum being known universally as United is that it has a place in the cultural register of the country and the world that it doesn't um it doesn't deserve if you were just referring to a string of na- a string of games normally and one of them included them and you you could say city we played city we played united and you'd know which games you were kind of talking about i'd say which city did we play was that leicester or manchester well you'd know which fixtures we were talking about it's when i can't remember i've got a really bad short term memory it's the difference would be i would not be on the BBC News, for example, or any news programme in summer when there's no football being played for three months and say that a player has signed for City, I'd say Manchester City, but they would say on that program, they'd say a player has signed for United and assume everybody thinks you mean Manchester United. Right. That's the difference. If you've just played them a couple of weeks ago, so oh, we played City last it's week. A long, it's a long-winded way of saying you're not wrong. Can I just check, so it's your basically creating an equivalence between yourself and the BBC news readers. That's just, you're putting yourself in the no, same position. That, no, I'm giving that as an example yeah. of where they get called United 
when it's it's unreasonable to to call them United. I think when you've just played them, if you were listing the games, it would it might be okay. But you know which city it's we never okay. What, take that back. It's never okay ever. So surely the same rules apply to Manchester City, no? How did we do against Albion today? Who? Played Albion today, and you know which one. I don't know. Albion Rovers? West Bromwich Albion. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Pervader Falioski, one of the subs today. Do you agree with that? What do you think young Ian brought to the team? He's fun, isn't he? I like Ian Pervader. I think he's, um, he didn't necessarily achieve a great deal, but he looked quite lively. And and I did feel sorry for him for the fact that Jack Harrison kept hitting free kicks to him at the back post where he was marked by the tallest man in history. Why why are they playing a fullback that tall? It's a good question. I mean, he, as well, why he seems to be able to get away with things like the time he nearly need Ailing's head off, and he was essentially let off it because he was too big. But if he's that big, he shouldn't be allowed on a football pitch. He's a danger to others with his size. He should be. He, he, I mean, he looks a bit like a rower or something, doesn't he? If you'd said he was a he was in the boat with Matthew Pinson. You'd go, oh, okay, now that kind of makes sense. Looks looks kind of big and blonde and posh in the way that rowers should. Although he's not, he's from the northeast, which he doesn't have a northeast face, which uh, thrown me is that when I looked him up. They do, uh, they do love a defender, Brighton, don't they? It's where all their investment has been. They've got a lot of them. They've been stockpiling them, haven't they? And growing them. Yes, evidently, evidently. Um, I remarked during that game that I thought Pervader still plays like is at school, like a kid at school. He's like, you know, the talented kid who used to be on your school team and could run past people and do loads of mad shit and skills, and you just give him the ball. He seems like that kid, but now playing in the Premier League. Yeah, he was coming inside a lot, trying to, I don't know if you just got frightened of how big um, the guy was he was up against on the wing, and he was spending a lot of time kind of central, which made me think there was that. Somebody asked, him, uh, asked Bielsa a mad question in his press conference this week about whether he, he could see Ian Pervader, Jan Pervader, playing as a 10. And Bielsa just said, I think it was something like, this is not a possibility I have I have considered. 
I suppose we needed some creativity. He was doing his best, bless him. In terms of the other subs then, the one that caught my eye, particularly because of the timing around the second goal, was withdrawing Llorente, who, despite his uh, eccentricities, I thought was probably uh, one of our best players today. Taking him off, putting Pablo on, uh, shifting Cock back into the defence. It just felt... And it worked a treat. They scored within well, about 30 that's what, seconds. That's what I was just going to say. With, with Obviously, easy to say with hindsight, but it felt ill-timed now, looking was, back on it. It was disrespectful of them to score before Pablo had even had a touch, wasn't it? I felt like that. They, they need some points deducted or something for that. I don't know if Pascal was distracted by having a change of centre-back partner, but he did just get himself all horribly mixed up with that long ball, didn't he? Booting it up in the air and then turning around and losing sight of it. It was prime. I know I was mocking Harry Maguire last week for letting that ball bounce in the penalty area and being worth £80 million. Um, and yeah, that ball bounced, unfortunately, under the control of uh, Danny Welbeck, who uh, another player who ought to have been wearing a, a lead shirt this season. And I hope him and his, uh, his best pal, Ben White, they have a, a miserable evening for anyone who doesn't understand the Danny Welbeck reference, because it is a bit of an old story, that one. Yeah. We we once said, we openly declared on this podcast, didn't we, that we were going to make up a story like Danny Welbeck to Leeds, and then it was in, well, not in newspapers, it was certainly on a lot of websites within about a day. And he was in the St John's Centre as soon as he possibly could be, wasn't he? So <laughs> Yep, he was. I mean, I think he was expecting Melier to come for that at one point as strike as well. I think that was part of the, the confusion. But Yeah, it was always strikes to deal with, though, I think. He, yeah. yeah. And he just... Well, maybe it's a good thing that we kind of get these moments out of the system in a game that's fairly meaningless, you know. You learn from your mistakes, so we need Pascal Stroik to make some mistakes so we can learn from them, make them when we're already at goal down to Brighton and the season's effectively over. That's all right. And it, and it was a good turn and finish. We should give him yeah. probably some credit. I was going to say that mistake might be enough to uh, open the door for Liam Cooper to come straight back in. Now he's served his suspension anyway. Harsh. But he's number one on the team sheet for Bielsa by the looks of things, isn't he? Um, third sub, um, the one in the middle was Rodrigo for Bamford on the hour. There was one point where I forgot that Rodrigo was on the pitch. Such was the nature of the game. He almost got in at one point, didn't he? There was a Tyler Roberts was, it was kind of half tackled in the box and then it, it came to him and he hit a really weak left footed shot, which was blocked anyway. He, he had much the same impact as Bamford. Didn't do out. Talking about people's faces as well. Um, can't remember who you singled out just before there, but Trossard's face caused me enough grief to write the words Trossard's face down here on my notepad. He's just, he's got the face of a prick, hasn't he? He's got a real bastard's face. <laughs> yeah. I um, I can't put my finger on exactly on why. But did you see me? I mean, I, and I wrote that down just before he went off. And then when he was sat in the, in the stand with his, um, with his face mask on, with his, with his nose hanging out over the top of it, just didn't, I just didn't sit well with me, that nose. He's got a weird darkness around his eyes as well, and, and not in a Pablo kind of way, just in a, um, a spent, spends all his evenings playing on his computer when he should be in bed. I did wonder where that was going to go then for a second. It's got a little bit grey as well at the front. Gives him the look of a sort of a, a Bond spy. Not a villain, but a spy for the bad people. <laughs> the bad people. Yeah, you have good people and bad people. You mean like those at Albion? He'd look like an Albion spy. Look at that, it's the way it's greying. Or maybe kind of a hammer horror vampire with just the white streak at the front. I think he's changed his hairstyle since the picture I'm looking at. He's much more swept back like Christopher Price. We could do with Brighton getting out of this league, couldn't we? Because we can't beat them. Mm, it's weird, isn't it? They can go down next year, maybe, because 
It's no fun losing to Brighton, is it? And they never set about this division with any ambition, do they? I don't know what it is. I mean, it's weird, like, um, what's his face, their boss? What's he called? Potter. Hmm. I don't, his stock seems really high. He's supposed to be in the running for the Spurs job, isn't he? Along with Scott Scotty Parker, both of which I find sort of moderately hilarious, given that Spurs were talking about breaking away into the European Super League. Is Scott Parker in the running? Apparently so, yeah. Bloody hell. That would be strange. Scott Parker, who's now 20 points behind us. So well done, Scott. But um, yeah, Potter, he, I mean... They are a decent football inside, and perhaps you know, as we examined in the run-up to this, with their um, their expected points is a lot higher than they've been. They've been basically the team that's underperformed most this season. They're still not great, are they? I mean, let's be fair. They they are also though a million miles better than that bottom three, and probably better than Newcastle and Southampton, and they're better than Palace. They're better than loads of teams in the bottom half. They are, they should be a bit higher from what I've seen of them anyway. They've made us look pretty average both times, albeit. They've managed to face us twice without Calvin, haven't they? And today, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. not even touched on Rafinha still not being back either, have we? Cause... With his hematoma. Yes. So, nah. Click. Annoying. Click's return. I thought he, I was relieved to see him running quite quickly because <laughs> at times you thought the next time he'd be on a, a Leeds pitch, he would be Zimmer framing it around. But, um, just didn't he wasn't popping though, was he? Like just the passing, the movement, the decision making just wasn't quite there. So he with, ran fast, so that's yeah, that's true. That's Rodrigo good. wasn't running fast, was he? Did anyone else notice? There was, that? There was a point where Ben White carried it out of defence, and Rodrigo tried to keep pace with him for a bit, and you could sort of see him doing the mental calculations, going, "Bielsa's going to bollock me if I don't keep running," but I'm knackered already, or you know, he's not quite up to match fitness and sharpness. And he, he put the run in anyway, even though he was always a good three or four yards behind Ben White. Yeah, it just struck me a bit odd that he didn't look sharper when he's only been on the pitch for like five or ten minutes. But who knows? The one who's causing me a little bit of concern, don't know if it was just today or generally, Jack Harrison. I think he's fine, isn't he? He's just, it, it was a very Jack Harrison-y performance. I feel like his margins are, are relatively small. It's just sometimes stuff comes off and it looks really good. And then today he just keeps crossing it to some giants and it looks terrible. Just either that hitting the first man or massively overhitting it or decision-making not quite being there. But, you know, he does do good stuff in between times, but that you kind of you tend to be, you know, as a Leeds fan and because I've spent too much time near you, Michael, worried and pessimistic, I think. He's not our player, not our problem. Send the shit bastard back if we do, don't want him. Do you think we might? No, we'll keep him. You think? And rightly so. Good, okay. Um, heroes and villains then. Let's wrap it up with that. Villains, Trossard. Face. For reasons uh, just discussed. Well, the... Um, the Silver Temples, it's never a good sign. Welbeck as well, for that move to Leeds falling through. Mm, of and, and coming back to haunt us today. Ben White for refusing to come back, may, making his choice, made the bed he wishes to lie in, is one that I hope is really lumpy and uncomfortable. On a more positive note, Swansea and uh, their manager, uh, Quasimodo Cooper, down there have, have done a, a good job in keeping the championship interesting. Because the relegation battle in the Premier League is pretty much done. The title race is done. So let's watch the championship for the for their final game where it, it goes to down to a hysterical game between Derby and Sheffield Wednesday with Rotherham in the mix as well. So essentially one of them is going down. So we need Rotherham now to win their game in hand away to Luton, which mm-hmm. is in a couple of days' time, um, which then really puts the cat among the pigeons, doesn't it? But essentially we've got a, a winner-takes-all game between... Sheffield Wednesday and Derby, which is absolutely delicious. Now that's going to coincide with us playing Tottenham on the telly. Shall we give that a swerve and laugh at Sheffield Wednesday and or Derby? Because they could, they, they could both go down. 
let's have a second screen on the go for that one just for a laugh and um it's like it's like picking your two people you want to watch fight to de- fight to the death you're like, not sure i don't really care which one it is <laughs> but one of them is going down uh, any, any heroes from today who was our best player i mean uh, what about you just for that mad turn and dribble out from between two players i enjoyed that moment i mean he gave us something interesting to watch didn't he i guess which i would struggle to think of anyone else who who particularly did All right that- steve nickel <laughs> that game was something to watch that's fair enough that would be a fair description of that I mean I felt like the defence was all pretty much alright actually Alioski? not Alioski. he doesn't count he went <laughs> off the second half defence was pretty much all alright it was just strike made a mistake ah had no one played well no heroes none none <laughs> Bielsa he um, I noticed after the second goal went in, he punched the seat didn't he which is not very like him or he was trying to strangle it or something he was definitely doing something with one of the uh, one of the seats in the dugout he has said um, to Amazon Prime that in the middle sector of the pitch, we were trying to find variety to get in behind them. Uh, there were very few chances. That's true. I think he's answering a question there. It wasn't because Patrick Bamford was isolated. It was because the ball couldn't reach the final third. I pay more attention to the construction of our offensive game. I think somebody's asking about how Bamford played there, and he said that's irrelevant. Um, and Jackie... Also speaking to them says, uh, I think we found it pretty difficult to play against their formation. They were solid in defence. In defence is uh, is accents all over the place today and made it difficult for us. Credit to them, they were organised. The manager has just given a brief overview. He said it was a fair result and that we struggled to press their three centre-backs, which is, um, yeah, that's a point because you got uh, um, a... Dunk. Uh, Dunk White, who's the other one? Their Webster. Webster. Yeah, so you've, and then you've got Bamford up there trying to press against um, the three of them, I guess. The rest of that, pretty much exactly what I said earlier, so we'll probably just go with my assessment. So should we give it to... Um, Me and Jackie are in complete agreement. Shall we give Hero then? I mean, oh, it's just candidates at this stage, but the, the Swansea ogre. <laughs> He's done more than anything else to cheer me up today, so... that fine? You happy to go along with that, Moscow? As a preliminary... Uh, Opener for the heroes? Yes. All right, well, should we wrap it up there then and hope that the next game, who is it again? It's Super League team Spurs, isn't it? Yeah, we're beating Spurs in the next game. Or we just give it to Wayne Rooney for getting Derby into this position. I mean, 14, 15 games ago, it looked impossible that Derby had been in such a terrible spot. He's done a great job. But there they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fair play. Fair play. Wazza. Okay, we'll um, we'll go away and uh, hopefully got more positive stuff to report on for the uh, the next match ball. If you are a TSB Plus subscriber, use the feedback form that has been emailed to you. Let us know what you thought about what we talked about, what we got right, wrong, anything in between, uh, and nominate your heroes if you can find any, and villains too, and we'll catch you in a bit. See you soon. The Match Ball.